a water's journey on this episode of Fairfax County's Enviropod. What you're listening to right now is Cub Run, the stream that runs through my little neck of the woods. And tucked away in this congested suburban area between housing developments, this beautiful stream weaves its way past Dulles Airport, behind the Cub Run Rec Center, Westfield High School, the DMV, Sully District Police Station, Sully Station neighborhoods, London Town, and eventually, after it meets up with Big Rocky Run, the Cub Run main stem runs parallel to and then crosses over I-66. For the remainder of its course, Cub Run meanders south through the forest at Bull Run Regional Park before joining Bull Run on its way to the Occoquan Reservoir, Potomac River, and Chesapeake Bay. The other day I was walking Remy, my pointer lab mix, and we saw a huge buck wading through the water. For a moment, we were just looking at it, and uh, it almost looked like a movie or a poster or something from uh, River Runs Through It. Then I noticed a few beer cans and water bottles and plastic wrappers along the stream and realized we weren't in Montana. And, uh, oh, by the way, this is EnviroPod, and this is where we talk about the environment in Fairfax County. And today I have with me Heather Ambrose, the MS4 coordinator with Fairfax County's Department of Public Works and Environmental Services. Heather. Good morning, Scott. Welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we have you here to tell us about watersheds, litter, what residents need to know about their water system. And so I kind of looked up and did some stuff on my own about the uh, the yeah, Cub Run. Super. I've lived in that area for quite a while. And um, a couple weeks ago, I went to a uh, watershed cleanup over at, at Cub Run and kind of learned a lot about about some of this stuff and, and some of the information I got right off the county's website, which we'll talk a little bit about later. So tell me what you do, a little bit about MS4 and what we're here to talk about today. So I am the county's, as you mentioned, MS4 permit coordinator. I've been in this position for about a year and a half now, but I've, I've worked with the county for 10 years in some capacity of stormwater. And I'm really enjoying being the permit coordinator. MS4 is the municipal separate storm sewer system, and that is the permit that I coordinate. And although stormwater management coordinates the permit, it really is a countywide effort to make sure that we are successful in, in being in compliance with the permit. We partner with schools, the public school system. We partner with Clean Fairfax Council, Solid Waste, Land Development Services. I mean, that's just a, a sm- small group of who we work with. Now, I, I, I was just trying to understand the, it's a permit from who to do what? Very that, good that's, question. That's quite what I, when I was doing my research, I, I didn't quite understand exactly what that means. So the, the MS4 permit requires the county to prevent the discharge of pollutants into waterways. Through from the stormwater management system, and when I say pollutants, you know you're probably thinking, well, you know, what exactly do you mean when you say pollutants? It it can be many different things. You can have engine oil, you can have fertilizer, you can have litter, trash. We see people who are washing their cars um, using soaps and detergents. Those can be considered a pollutant to the waterway. Excess salt that is applied during the roadways and the sidewalks during mm-hmm. winter. Yeah. That's a, a, a trend word right now as well. Um, yeah. That's going to be 
something that we're going to continue to hear more and more about. I always wonder about that, especially mm -hmm. when they're different colors. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, and that would probably be a whole nother, whole nother Envirobond that we could get oh, into. Okay. But yes. Well, in, in January, when the trucks that, are sitting on the side of the highway, we'll that, talk about that one. Definitely. That's something that, that I, would, I would love to share more information on. So this permit authorizes what we can and cannot discharge into our stormwater system. So when you say permit, that is a permit from whom? The, so the, the Board of Supervisors? No, nope. the, the permit, EPA? yes. Ultimately, the, the permit is a result of the Clean Water Act, which is overseen by the EPA, but the permit is administered to us by Virginia Department of Environmental Quality, oh, DEQ. Okay. Right. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yes. That makes sense. I see that the little logo on, on yes. paperwork and stuff like that. Um, so uh, you, usually a permit tells you what you are allowed to do, and this is a permit to well, in some ensure case, the, the safe water for residents or, or the environment. That is correct. It, it tells us what we can and what we cannot do. Okay. It's, it's a bit of both. Okay. So um, brass tacks, what, what, what do you guys do? What, what is really important that, that um, you're tr you're the mission of MS4? Well, I think, I think the mission is kind of what I stated earlier, but, you know, getting everyone on board and everyone being different agencies throughout the county on board to make sure that we're doing everything we can to prevent pollution from mm -hmm. entering, entering the stormwater system. Because what's important to remember is the stormwater system discharges directly to waterways in the county. So there is no treatment process, as you would see with a wastewater treatment system or with your drinking water. Right. The stormwater, it, you know, goes directly into the streams and ultimately the rivers in the Chesapeake Bay with no treatment. So, yeah, that and so that that's, I don't know, a little scary when you think, you know, big picture with runoff and uh, um, some of the other programs we've talked about, about checking businesses and mechanic shops. And, and that is all um, part of the MS4 permit. A right. lot of that, that stems from, I think you've talked with some of our illicit discharge mm -hmm. inspectors and... No, that is all kind of under the purview of the MS4 permit. Right. So um, what are some of the activities that you're involved in to help with the, the, the waterways? So we, we monitor storms throughout the county. We assess the effectiveness of stormwater controls that are installed in the county. So we make sure that our storm, storm drainage structures, our stormwater ponds, other green infrastructure facilities are being maintained and functioning correctly. We work with the school systems and other organizations in the county to try to educate the public and to do we do a lot of outreach events to make sure that people understand what the permit is, like we're talking about now, and what they can do to make sure that they're helping the environment. We do stream monitoring, evaluation programs. We do the illicit discharge detection program where mm -hmm. we go out and we actually look for illicit discharges throughout the county. That's just um, just kind of a sample of what we do. The permit actually has 18 different permit elements. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, and why do you think it's important that residents know what watershed? I'm in the county. There's 30 of them. There are 30. And Very they, good. And they all have little streamlets and tributaries they that do. all connect. And then they eventually they kind of connect together a number of them. Um why is it important for folks here to know about it? 
to know about what their watershed sure. is. Yeah. I think it is important for people to have that local connection to understand how their actions may affect them you know, in a, in a perspective that they can actually see, so in a local perspective, and also to help them understand how decisions are being made or, or why decisions are being made by the Board of Supervisors or other folks in the county. They may all of a sudden see that there's a stream near their property that's going to be restored or there's a stormwater management pond, you know, next door, and, and why is the county out with large equipment, like, working on the pond? It, I think it helps you to stay engaged if you understand the watershed you're in and what's going on in that watershed. And it, I think it also helps you to, to maybe that engagement to care more, to realize that your actions can make a difference, both on the smaller scale and a larger scale. Yeah, and I know I've been lucky enough to be out with some of the folks working on your stream restoration, and it's very eye-opening that most people don't get a full understanding of. They may um, not understand that, why that's and, happening. Right, and it really affects property, I, you know. And, it does. And then well later on the, the, the bay itself, but with the health of these streams, I, I just – it was kind of – you would never know it was there in some of the places they're restoring. But you look at an aerial. It's true. Or you look where you were, and it's extremely um, stunning when you try to see the difference between what where it was and yeah, and how, how it's going. So – you mentioned what people can do to help their immediate area. What can people do? So I think people can be more aware when they're doing landscaping or yard maintenance, and I'm sure you've touched on some of these other topics in, in previous Envirapods, to be to be aware of how much fertilizer budding that they're applying, what time of year they're applying it, what are they doing with their yard clippings, their grass clippings. Hopefully mm-hmm. they're not putting them in the storm drain. Right. You can make sure that you pick up after your pets. You can make sure that when you're applying salt in your driveway or on your sidewalk that you're reading the instructions and you're not applying any more than is absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. You can make sure not to litter, not to throw trash. You know, trash will – water finds a low point. Trash goes with the water. So, right. you know, properly disposing of both large items and small items. When you wash your car, try to do it in a grassed area. Um, be aware of the types of detergents and soaps you're using. Okay. Those are those are some of the ones that we often share that I think people can actually connect with and, and make a difference. Right. And so, I, you know, I know people probably just finished all their fall fertilizing mm-hmm. and aeration and Which stuff like that. Which is when you should fertilize if you're going, right. if you're going to do so, correct. Where, where can people get some more information about – the proper way to do some of these things, and then what the impact that those have on the environment. So to answer the first part of your question, where can residents get more information, the county has a wonderful website, and I think all of the topics that we've just discussed here can be can be found on the website. You can always search under the watershed, um, type in watersheds, and you'll get a great We also have an interactive watershed map. So first of all, you can find out where you are Mm -hmm. if you happen to not know what watershed you're in. And that that is very common that people aren't quite sure where they are. That will tell you that. And then you can, you know, make more connections about the MS4 permit and the watersheds in the county as well as the watershed management plans that the county has. So I think that that would be a great resource. But then I think the second part of your question was the the impact. Yeah. What what are, you know— 
someone is in Centerville or Chantilly, mm-hmm. and they're washing their car. Right. So you, why is that a you, why, why, is why that is that important? Why, why you know that stuff goes <laughs> down? What what is the impact of? So the impact on on th- for washing your car, for instance, depending on the type of detergents you're going to use, you're going to probably have an increase in increase in nutrients in the water. And that may cause an increase in algal algal growth. It's going to be harmful to your aquatic insects and your fish. And so that that's one of the things with the salt application. I know I'm kind of coming back to that, but I just know that's going to be something that that people are going to start hearing more and more about because we're getting ready to roll out mm-hmm. a, a public awareness campaign regarding proper salt oh, application great. and great. usage. So that is something that we're seeing, and the, the actual elevations in groundwater in, in salt and chloride, chloride elevations. And it's also something that we're starting starting to see in streams, and that has a negative effect on the fish and the insects. So you think, oh, well, you know, what's the larger picture? Well, if we start to lose those organisms, you know, on a, on a local level, it's just going to have a larger effect as it, it moves quote, unquote, downstream. It ripples all exactly, the way down downstream. To, to the downstream. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, through every uh, cliche in and out. That's true. We can. <laughs> um, so talk to me um, about the watershed management plan. What is that? The watershed management plans were created, I'm not sure exactly. It's It's been several years since we finalized the watershed management plans. And, and these actually serve as a tool to identify and address issues affecting each watershed. And to help protect and restore restore the water water resources within that watershed, so the plans identify opportunities for implementing uh, structural and non-structural stormwater improvement projects. So that comes back to where we're talking about stream restorations or something that that would be included. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, stormwater facility retrofits, installation of green infrastructure. When I say green infrastructure, I'm talking about rain gardens bioretention areas. We also have some porous area, porous pavement areas in the county. So we have several different types of green infrastructure. Yeah, and we talked about um, we talked about green streets. One of our okay, very great. first podcasts uh, okay, we talked great. about green streets, helping that. And and something it, it's ironically, I, I, we just had Brian Hill in for an interview uh, with one of the supervisors' monthly shows. And talking about challenges within the next five to twenty years, um, especially with the the um, the continued urbanization of the county, and one of his biggest issues was is what to do with all the water. Yeah, especially in light of with <laughs> some all, of the recent with all the urbanization. What do you do with all the stormwater? And um, I, I, it was just, you know, because you think of budget, you think of one Fairfax, you think of maybe some poverty in certain areas of the county. Yep. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, but one of his biggest issues that he brought up yes. was water. Um, That's interesting. It was, it's it was, great. Yeah, I, that he's aware of it. Um, but people don't realize that. Until it affects them. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's true. Until they're, they need a new levy. Because histor- like yeah, right? historically, we had more grassed areas, turfed areas, forested areas. So the water would infiltrate. Mm-hmm. Now all those areas have been developed, so the water is is running off and it does. It needs a place to go. Yeah. And it's eroding and anything that we we're seeing more yeah. more intense storms 
that becomes more of an issue in developed areas. Right. I, you know, it, it's the truly that the big picture on not knowing, you know, people just say, oh, I'm going to pave my – I don't want to mow my lawn anymore. I'm going to pave my backyard. Right. right? And and then, then, and then three houses flooding. down, that you know, <laughs> someone usually will three houses down, right? You know, knee deep in yeah. in water that they weren't expecting. <laughs> so that's true. So the watershed management plans—they're a great resource. I would encourage everyone to—they're all online as well—and mm-hmm. to have a look at those. It, they really do kind of lay out. Uh, an outline of, of the projects in each watershed. No guarantee that these projects are, are going to actually be installed, but we are slowly making our way through the plans, and that, that's one of our main sources of prioritizing projects. Do you have any specific long, like short-term goals, what you're trying to do within the next couple of years, and then maybe some long-term goals, or is, is, is it just a continual maintenance and and keeping an eye on on the system here uh, we we do have short and long-term goals it is but I would say that could that also could become a whole nother discussion that <laughs> I, I could probably want to prepare a little more for right, right. but it is a, it's a con- no it's okay there. it's a con- <laughs> we've been working on, on goals and metrics um, actually but it is a continual a continual plan that we we work on every year you know we have we do have goals we want to obviously improve the health of the bay we want to you know reduce flooding we want to try to create more natural habitats and when we do our stream restoration designs so there's a lot of things that we're evaluating as we move forward and and it changes the the science of stormwater is is always evolving it's you finally think okay we we understand this we think we know what we're doing, and then you learn more. Well, like many things in government, there or yes, environment, like many things. Period. You know, there's never a final solution. It, it you know, right. it's always, always evolving and always changing. There's no destination. It's something that you're. It is that constantly is a, trying a true, to work on. A true statement. Yes. So, um, so just stepping back a little bit, mm-hmm. how did you get into water? Oh wow. <laughs> I I grew up as as a kid just loving the water, both freshwater and marine systems, and I, I just always enjoyed enjoyed working with that environment. And when I went to school, at, when I went to school, everyone was kind of wanting to do marine biology, and I kind of stepped aside and went to freshwater science, and I studied Pacific salmon mm. out on the west coast, and kind of that's where a lot of my you're from the Northwest. I'm not. I'm, oh, I'm okay. from. I'm from Northern Virginia, or out, I'm actually out near the Shenandoah Valley, is where I grew up and where I live now. But I went to school on the on the on the West Coast in Northern California, and then okay. I and I worked out there for about a decade with Pacific salmon, and so that was kind of the basis of my my freshwater science understanding. And then, you know, I really loved it, and then I moved moved back to the East Coast, and really got into stormwater, you know, through my career. So it kind of did a little bit of a shift from doing more research science, but it all ties in together. You know, we were we were working on how to restore you know, salmonid habitats just on a larger scale. I mm-hmm. mean, we're working on we were working on several large river systems on the West Coast, but here we're, it it all ties together. We're not looking at the same species, but the same ideas when you're doing stream restoration and stormwater management kind of all tie together. Are there kind of some of the similar challenges? Um. There are similar challenges. I, I, I hesitate to get too much into detail, sure. but 
one of the things that the MS4 permit does manage are the county's TMDLs, and those are the total maximum daily loads of pollutants that we're allowed to have. Okay. I'm dumbing this down just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, that was another acronym I saw on the website and yes. wasn't quite sure what that was. And so, so that is tied into our MS4 permit. That's a special condition. And when we're talking about TMDLs, we're especially with the bay, we're looking at sediment, nitrogen, and phosphorus. Mm-hmm. Those are those are the three big pollutants. And all the things I've talked about, washing your car, putting down too much fertilizer, you know, those are all, you know, affecting your your nitrogen and your phosphorus. Mm-hmm. So those those were challenges I think on the West Coast as well as here where you're you're trying to avoid th- those pollutants in your waterways to some level. Okay. Um, so you've said you've been with the county here for 10 years. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you seen health-wise for the water system within that 10 years? Some better, some worse, some what, – what, what's going we on? Are, we're start, we are seeing some better and some worse. I, I think it's still too early to make any long-term like trend analyses. Mm-hmm. We have a really robust – biological monitoring program within the stormwater management program here in the county. We go out and we monitor benthics, which are the insects that live on the bottom of the stream. Mm -hmm. We look at fish. We take water samples. We we monitor storm events to see what kind of pollutants or nutrients are, are, are entering the streams. And we're actually starting to do a lot of pre- and post-construction monitoring of our stream restoration and other project installations. I think it's too early to make any to identify any true improvement, but we're starting to see gradual increases in in the health of the waterways. It's small, though. We're not the curve is is not. <laughs> it's it's very gradual. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. Tell me a little bit about when you guys do outreach events, mm-hmm. and as you speak to uh, residents and other folks in the county that it that don't realize this is going on, what are some of the feedback that you get from folks that when these issues are brought up? And and also, where, where do you go do outreach? So I think that you might have spoken with Danielle mm-hmm. Wynn earlier. Yeah. She does a lot of the outreach pertaining to the MS4 permit within the school system. Mm-hmm. We work a lot with Clean Fairfax Council, and they do and a lot. And you spoke with Jen. And you spoke with Jen Cole. <laughs> so they're great partners as well. They go out and they work with HOAs and other cleanup, and I know we're going to get into that in a little bit, organizations, um, a lot of HOAs, friends of groups that we have, friends of different streams and watersheds in the county. So we, we try to target some of those. We try to target business owners um, as well to, to you know help them learn better business practices, residents. We go to HOA events. We work a lot with different, like, um, Saturday markets. I know that Jen does outreach oh, at those. Markets, right. Well, not the flea markets, but okay. the farmer's markets. Oh, farm, farmer's markets. they're market. not all okay. Saturday. Right, that right, was, right. yeah, I know they're throughout the and week. And we found out that the farmer's markets all use way too many plastic bags. Yes, that's okay. true. That's And that's one of, <laughs> I know that's one of Clean Fairfax's initiatives that we are, are behind, you know, 100%. So we, like I said, we try to target schools, children, so they can take that home to their parents. We try to do HOA events. Other types of fest- festivals and fairs that the county has, we always try to make sure that there's a presence there, mm-hmm. celebrate Fairfax, um, some of the other other events like that. And how about feedback? What kind of feedback are you getting from residents when they hear about your program? I do think they appreciate it. You know, sometimes you're a little hesitant. You don't want to – people – there's a lot of things, you know, 
that people are told and there's a lot of expectations to do the right thing. And sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming and exhausting. But I do think that people appreciate learning how their actions can have a, a larger effect than just on themselves. So oh, great. I do think that there is an appreciation. Good. For the most part. <laughs> and, and and speak and, and so when we talk about what people can do and what the county is doing, mm -hmm. um, talk to me about the program um, with the uh, giving people jobs. Yes. Uh, doing some of this stuff and, and what's going on with that, the, specifically the program that, that you brought to me today. We're really excited about this program. It's in the pilot phase. It's a three-month pilot. We're about not quite halfway through where we have partnered with the Office to Prevent and End Homelessness and the different nonprofits that they work with throughout the county to provide part-time temporary employment experience and compensation to shelter clients both um, people who are, are full-time, spending time full-time in, in a homeless shelter or those who are drop-in clients that are just using the services mm -hmm. from a from one of these nonprofits. So they are going out and they are helping the stormwater um, division to remove litter in or around streams. And we're also going to be expanding that um, this week. We have a training tomorrow morning to do removal of invasive plants, which are also can be have very negative effects on our ecosystems. Yeah, and we spoke with uh, Joanne of uh, yes. Urban Forester about invasive okay, great, plants. Okay, <laughs> great. So you've covered all these topics that are all tied into the MS4 program one way or another. So that that's, I think, really important to help make the big connection. This is, this so far, we've had great success. We are sending out, we're working with three different um, shelters in the county. The Lamb Center, which is actually mm -hmm. operated uh, privately out of the city of Fairfax. That's a private one. And then two nonprofits that the county works with, um, New Ho New Ho two different shelters with New Hope Housing. Okay. So Bailey's and uh, Kennedy. And I think just last last week um, I was in uh, Fairfax area and saw mm -hmm. some Lamb Center folks uh, cleaning up. And, That's super. And so. This is a, a program that we're basing our program off of a program that has been very successful with the city of Fairfax and the Lamb Center. Okay. And, and they are utilizing the clients for more than just litter removal. They're doing other initiatives for the city of Fairfax. We're really focusing on litter removal and invasive removal in or near waterways, mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. tying it into our permit at this point. Maybe in the future, you know, we will expand that even more but there's a lot of bugs that we're trying to work out but i will say that the amount is that of another trash pun? no it wasn't but that was good <laughs> yeah, i didn't even realize that the amount of litter that we have collected over the past three or four weeks has been i say phenomenal i mean it's great that we're removing it it's really sad that there is so much to remove yeah it's really sad but they have done a super job and they are so the different nonprofits and, and the and the clients are so excited they they seem to have a good energy about it. They seem to appreciate it, getting outside. You know, they're getting some experience, and we do. We pay them at the end of each shift. They get paid in cash. The um the nonprofits handle all those transactions, but well, good. Yeah, we hope it, that we can start to tie this into some of our other employment programs in the county. Um, I well, and that's a that's a positive because that does one not just the environment, but gives people um some hope themselves that there's something that they can help out and do. Right. So. And as far as you mentioned earlier, we've had, you know, we weren't sure the reaction that we were going to get from the county and residents, but we have had a very positive reaction from the residents that 
have seen seen the groups out there removing trash. They seem very, very happy. Well, good. I hope that program continues to we grow. We do too. Um, you know, certain times a year when there's more trash than others. And we may, be... we may, that may be something, you know, this is still a pilot period through the end of this year or early January, and then we'll take a break and, and see how we can move forward. And that may be something we you know, just do at certain times of the year and just see how we, how it goes. Well, great. So is there uh, anything else that we didn't cover here today that you wanted to bring up? Um, <clears throat> no, I think that, I think we really touched on a, on a lot of things. Like I said, I encourage the public anyone who hears this to to please look on the website to feel free to reach out to me to give me a call I'd be more than happy to to help you know with any any more understanding that people may want to have on how they can help the county to make sure that we're in compliance with our permit well I I know through the Cub Run Rec Center had a volunteer cleanup yes. and they got a couch out of the <laughs> Oh yeah, out we, of the waterways. we have and some of the up. stuff that they get up, uh, you know, the, the list of interesting things that they find out there. Mostly water bottles, and that's um, that's I'm sure Jen touched on that. Uh, that's a yeah, whole other yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jen, I, you know that my my Challenge. discussion with Jen Cole, um, both with seeing her on another show that that we did, and then talking to her, it certainly has guilting guilted me into Good. changing <laughs> me a too. lot of stuff in my life. <laughs> me and, too. And so and my my girls, I'm getting them too. Yes, the same here. To, That's to really that. important. So, um, and then doing this podcast has also gotten me to look at things like looking at the numbers of the plastics on the bottom of your plastics. So you're not putting the ones, wrong thing ones and the and wrong twos end. only. And, and so recycling has become um, a, like a, a full time science as, as well. Like yeah, and and you know, and, and just as a reminder, something that that they're promoting a lot. Yes, recycling is big, but recycling is also becoming more difficult. Exactly. And labor intensive, so we want to look into more things that are um, to reduce, reuse, and then recycle. Yes. Recycle is kind of the third. It's important, but you're right. Reduce being that. number one. And so reduce, yes. uh, reuse, and recycle. And so that's something that I'm I'm trying to get into my mindset too. No, that's just important. as a regular resident, just trying to remember a lot of these things that that hopefully can just become habit. Yeah, um, I was I was. Uh, I attended, I was about two months ago, a field trip to, and Eric Forbes may have spoken on this, one of the material recovery facilities mm-hmm. in Manassas, and it was very eye-opening. And I feel like I, I felt I was already really educated on, on the three R's and, and doing things. And then you're like, wow, it's just like a whole other level of, you know, how to, how to move forward with, yeah. Yeah. with what to do with stuff. <laughs> well, and it can start small. It can start yes. small by, if you, you know, what I tell my girls is, if you see something on the ground that shouldn't be there, yeah. pick it up. Pick it up and make sure exactly. that you're responsible for not We do the add, same thing with, with my two kids, you know? same thing. I go walking dog and I bring a, a garbage bag with yep. me and just, you know, I've got a, a picker. And, you know, just do little things to help out and just to start off with. Yes. And so we appreciate all that you guys are doing. Um, you know, and I always ask the questions on, hey, how did you get started in it? Because no, I, like pe- I like people to know a little bit about that, you know, these are just uh, people that um, 
you know, government, people working to service the government right. and service the environment. I always appreciate that and want to get that known yeah. out there. So No, I appreciate that, too. Um, it's nice, too, to just talk a little bit about what you love and how you got where well, you are today. Yeah. And, and so, a lot of I different mean, pathways and how people get where they well, are. I mean, people don't do it for, you know, they're not making tons of money, <laughs> you know, no. doing it. And right. so, you know, they talk, you know, um, you know, talking to Danielle and Joanne who are out there literally ankles and knees deep yes. in this stuff and they do it because that's what they love to do um and you know certainly a guy like dave anglin who we've had on oh, yeah. here um you know he was super highly educated in it but you know he's down hands into these streams yeah. and stuff too and, and so they do it for a purpose and uh it's really exciting to talk about people that just do something different than what you do i mean right I, and i you know yeah. i kind of worked my way up when i was first with the county i was you know, doing a lot more in the field work with the ecologists and doing a lot of this monitoring. So I think that's helped me to understand the permit and the, you know, where we're going. Right. Because I've, I've kind of been there and done a lot of the things that the permit requires us to do. Good. So that's cool. Heather, I appreciate your time and coming in today. Thank it's you, Scott. This is great. To, to do that. Um, so I, I try not to give long URLs. I know. I was there. wondering how you did that. However, one thing that was great about the county's website when it comes to this stuff, if you simply just type Waters Journey into the search function on fairfaxcounty.gov, okay. that takes you to the uh, DWEP. Uh, DPW, I'm gonna say, yes. I'm going to mm -hmm. say that wrong every time. Um, it takes us to where you can get all information. It's a great start to understand a lot of what we've talked about today. From there, I was able to get a link to everything that you could get information on how water, where water comes and goes and how right. it comes in. The wastewater management plan, how you can help protect our water, how you can volunteer and help out. There's links to all the different groups that the county's working with um, that help to enhance the natural environment and open space. So it, they have a, um, a lot of what we've talked about all in this one area, and then that links you. You certainly can branch sure. out and go much further. I was able to um, get information on um, the the watershed that that I happen to listen Good. lift in Cub Run. Good. They have all thirty of them there, and they have deep uh, descriptions yes. on on the, on all the plans. You could really you could get is it you detailed could really as you go want. deep you and, uh, and and look into all the the stuff that's on there. So um, just type in Waters Journey and the search function on the on the on the county's website, and you should be able to get into that. So. But anyway, Heather, thanks again. Yes, thank um, you, thank Scott. Thank you for coming out. And again, we have to thank Irene. She sets all this stuff up for me and brings these wonderful people in to talk to us. And so, But that's it for this episode of Fairfax County's EnviroPod. If you want to hear more, you can find us at fairfaxcounty.gov slash podcast. And, of course, the DPWES website. I got it right that time. Nice. <laughs> where there is also a lot more information um, as we're also on iTunes and SoundCloud if you have any questions, comments or an idea for a topic to be discussed on the show uh, email swpdmail at fairfaxcounty.gov or call 703-324-5821 once again, thank you so much for joining us that's it for this episode of EnviroPod I'm Scott Coco.